Welcome to another episode of Wearing the Folk. Today I'm joined by Mr. Tolly as always, and I've hear a rumor that Foreman may join us later. We'll see. And we're joined today by two special guests, Joey and Tanya Medea. Uh, where in the folk are you guys? We are in eastern Ohio. We're in Trumbull County. So we're in the mid-Ohio Valley, which is a paranormal hot spot. Uh, but we're equidistant from, uh, on the map, we're equidistant from uh, Pittsburgh and Cleveland. You could about draw a line right through us. Well, we're a little bit closer to Cleveland, but yeah, pretty, pretty close. So how does, that, how does that correlate to like Columbus? Columbus three hours three hours away three hours Columbus. oh wow okay yeah that's yeah. that's about how far Columbus is away from me too I, I live in Cincinnati mm-hmm. Tanya's dad My lives dad in Alexandria in Alexandria so okay well yeah well when I say Cincinnati I say the greater greater Cincinnati area I'm still in Kentucky I'm in Alexandria yeah, oh wow small world yes yeah. yeah. her dad's I, been there a couple years as well I live um within spitting distance of the high school Yep. Within Pretty spent- close. Yeah. Neighbors. 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 There you go. <laughs> Within spent distance of a high school. I don't think you get in trouble for that. Spent- of the of the county <laughs> high school. There's only one, Cecil. Really? I yeah. I would have a bunch of different high schools. Nope. Hmm. Well, unless it's a Catholic school. Lawl County's got two. Anyway, if they're not familiar with your works and everything, which they should be, you're pretty, you got a lot of stuff going on. Can you tell us a little bit about yourselves and what all you do and everything? Sure. So <clears throat> I'm a psychic medium, a Reiki master. Uh, I used to be a massage therapist, but uh, I haven't really been doing that lately. Uh, but I'm also a yoga teacher, author, uh, Joey's wife, and uh, Joey's co-host on Into the Outer Realms, which is a weekly uh, live cast that we do. Um, so that's about it. Great. And me, um, like everybody says, I'm kind of a jack of all trades. Um, but primarily, I'm a writer. I'm an actor, director. I design escape rooms, uh, which is a very cool thing. And I'm designing the new escape room that's going to be opening soon at the Mothman Museum in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. So Appalachian that's Territory. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm super excited. It's going to be cool. And I just got hired to write a new play about Mothman, too. So 2022 is going to kind of be my year and Mothman. And we're, we're paranormal investigators. And uh, yeah, that's that's it. Sounds like you got a lot of stuff rocking and Mothman. What got you interested in the Mothman? So in what? 2005, 2006? Yeah, I always forget when the movie came out, but it was, it was probably 2006, 2007. Well, it was right <clears throat> 2000, we'll say 2006. We saw okay. the movie, The Mothman Prophecies with Richard Gere. Shortly thereafter, we moved to West Virginia. We got three acres in West Virginia. And I was really into the movie. And I knew that it took place in West Virginia. So I was doing some research and found out that we were only three hours away from Point Pleasant, where all of it took place in the Mothman Museum. And I said to Joey, oh my gosh, we're only three hours away from Point Pleasant and the Mothman Museum. And he was like, yeah, I'm not really that into going. <laughs> oh, Jeff Wamsley is not listening, <laughs> yeah. but but it all turned out okay. But I was like, I don't want to drive three hours to 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 see something called the Mothman. Like, what is this about? But we decided to take a weekend, well, it took get me away. A couple of years, took yeah. two years to talk them into it. Yeah. And we went for a weekend. Uh, 
you know, when you go there, first of all, it's like taking a, a step back in time. Main Street, Point Pleasant is like 1960. That's what that's what my wife, my wife's been once and she says that it's other than like the big old statue and the museum, it seems like your normal country town sort of. Absolutely. Ab- absolutely. And that's what I was taken by. Yeah, we, I was we, like, we this were. is like the town and you got the Ohio river right there. I love to this day. Now it's 12 years later mm-hmm. watching the barges at sunset go under the trestle bridges. It's, it's got an amazing, yeah, it's got an amazing vibe. Yeah. So we, you know, we did the museum, we checked into the low hotel, which is haunted and, and kind of famous in its own right, and got a map to go down to the TNT area. So that's the McClintock Wildlife Reserve. And it's got these oddities called igloos. They're concrete bunkers where they stored the TNT that they made in the factories. And uh, so we get our map and we go down there and it was like John Keel's zone of fear. It's a beautiful day. It's the middle of August and the sky is totally blue, but it's silent and there's no one around. And I just, I'm scared out of my mind. Me too. And I grew up in Jersey, like in the Pine Barrens with the Jersey devil <laughs> and all that kind of bit, riding my bike, uh, you know, for hours alone, deep in the woods, avoiding the pineys. And I, it freaked me out because if there's a reason to be afraid, that's one level of fear. But when there's no logical reason to be afraid, it's freaky. So we were down there maybe 10 minutes, right? Like snapped 10, a few 15, pictures of the igloos. Yeah, that's <clears throat> left a little sage, right? Because mm-hmm. somebody said it's Indian burial ground, which has never been confirmed. We get back in the car. Yep. So we're heading up uh, Route 62 back into town. And we're talking about, that was kind of weird. Like it was a beautiful sunny day. Why did it feel so weird? All of a sudden, <clears throat> we see something in front of us and we turn to each other at the same exact moment. And we go, did you just see that? Did you see that? And had we not done that, we would have both dismissed it. Yeah, that's how fast it was, right? Just a black thing just kind of came from the side of the road, over the road, and disappeared into a cornfield. And so, very weird. I go, don't tell me what you saw. I won't tell you what we saw. Let's go someplace and draw it and compare and uh, you go ahead and keep going. I'll find the picture in the book. Yeah. Here. So we get back now. I should say we, you know, when we started before we went over to the TNT to the McClint- McClintock Wildlife Preserve, um, we were in a shop, and the shop owner, whose name was Bob, drew us a map. We bought the sage, and so I had the receipt. I knew the time that we left and went out there was two thirty p.m. It takes no more than 10, I mean, 10 minutes really to get yeah, out there. 10, 12 minutes. We were out there for 15 minutes. We came right back. So theoretically, you know, we couldn't have been gone that long. Should have been about three o'clock. Should have been a little after three. We get back to Bob's shop because he had said, if you see anything, let me know. So we go directly to a shop and it's locked up. And we're like, I don't understand, like, where is he? Maybe he, whatever. And we look at the clock, it's after five. Wow. So, so we got we what, two, 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 hours. Uh, two hours and 15 minutes of missing time. So we hand him our card or whatever. We go to a restaurant and we each separately without talking about, we talk very general with Bob. We drew two very similar pictures. Wow. 
like they're framed almost exact and we see things very differently and so some paranormal investigators heard about it rosemary ellen guiley who was like a superstar in her field until she passed a couple years ago and a bunch of others invite us back to walk the route drive it do like a field investigation about and keep in mind we we had we didn't have any experience with this i mean you had seen things when you were a kid and we thought there were some ghosts in some houses but we were really newbies we had no what's the the name the name of the book oh this particular book is watch out for the hallway and this is um we do talk about at length the point pleasant experience what we knew about it this was published in 2018 yes this is mostly about a two-year investigation we did of a library in north carolina but that's it's in this book watch out for the hallway gotcha i just wanted people to be able to find it Thank you. Yeah, so available on 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 Amazon. Um, and over time, right? People write about it. It's in books. People are talking to us about. It. We start going to the Mothman Festival. I love the town so much that I write a fictional play, but based on the story, has a staged reading. We get a bunch of our friends to you know to read the script at the festival and all this. And then you flash forward to 2018 mm-hmm. and we're doing a show because of watch out for the hallway and being mentored by Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who wrote like 60 some odd books was on every TV show. She was on coast to coast, like 20 something times. Yeah. She was a superstar. So that opened a lot of doors to us. And, and we were talking to someone about this experience and they said, well, have you ever gotten regressed to figure out what happened in that two and a half hours? we kind of looked at each other, right? And said, we never thought about that. Yeah, We just never thought about it. And so we got regressed. (laughs) Like, I think parapsychology is super cool. Um, Yeah, sure. So so I'm anxious to hear. (laughs) Yeah, so so we find find someone that we trust and the, the time is right. Tanya has started to study this and she went on to get her certification from the from the Edgar Casey Institute. And so we trusted it because you hear like um, Whitley Strieber's communion and Bud, Bob Hopkins and Gene Mundy and all these different people. And it's easy to kind of get a false positive to have an idea suggest, you know, it's all based on the questions. But we found someone we really trusted. We had our sessions about three weeks apart. Mm, yeah, thereabouts. You want to kind of give them a snapshot of what well, the hell? Well, you you were first, so I think you, you so, start with yours. Okay, so I'm just going to take this off the wall here rather than go behind me. And uh, so when we were in the igloo area and there was this zone of fear that we were feeling, we were being watched and we felt like we were being watched, but we actually were. And so the, the audio tape, it's about... 47 minutes from my induction through my entire experience to taking me out I think it's about 47 minutes and when we found out what had happened after mine and then Tanya's confirmed it we said oh this this is okay we've been through a lot we're kind of known as the ghost people Tanya makes a living as a psychic medium but this is crazy so we sent it to about six or eight colleagues and also a colleague who is a sketch artist. And this is what was staring at me behind the igloos. So it's a little bit goat, it's a little bit deer. And, and then when you go into the eyes, almost looks like an alien gray, right? 
So I, I didn't see this and I, I don't think that I saw it even subconsciously. I think we sensed it. So, so what we've kind of pieced together is stage one is this thing, whatever it is goes, Oh, they can sense me. That's interesting. Let's see if they can see me. So it kind of moves through the woods. And as we come around and go down the road, it blinks in and out. Oh, sure enough. Did you see that? Right. I think it's probably important to add here. <clears throat> the way that I always describe the figure that went across the road, yeah. Joey saw it in his mind. He thought of it as like if you had somebody in like a neoprene suit. Like a wet suit. Shot and got shot out of a cannon. cannon. But what I saw, it didn't look anything like a deer, nothing like a deer, but it moved like a deer. And so the way that it leapt across a two-lane, you know, road in a single bound was very much like a deer to me. So yeah. I thought that was very interesting. So once it, this is where it gets crazy. Once it saw that we saw it, the missing time comes in. So in my regression, I'm seeing the car turn transparent. So we're in a Ford Explorer. And I'm starting to see the tranny. I'm seeing the engine doing its thing. It's turning into like Wonder Woman's plane. And that was bizarre. But I found out in the 1970s in Brazil, this happened to a guy who had a UFO experience. But I found this out after the fact. So I was basically in a nutshell. I was taken to something that looked kind of like the set of The Wizard of Oz. It was Technicolor. It was a farm. The barn was pristine, you know, yeah. typical red barn with the, with the white accents, a grain silo that was pristine. And I'm going, this is fake. And these things are going, just kind of relax and go with it is the, is the gist. So I was subjected to this psychological experiment to see if I would be willing. And, and on the tape, you can hear me go, not a good candidate, not a good candidate. He's not a good candidate. Wow. Um, so I was kind of returned that, but you, your experience is different, much different. Right. So when I got regressed, I'm, I don't remember, I actually need to go back and listen to the, Whoops, to the recording, but at some point, and I think it is right after we're in the TNT, it doesn't matter, but my experience is through the regression, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm in a room. I know I can't see anything, but I just somehow know that it's like a, a circular kind of a room. It's completely dark. I'm laying on some kind of a metal table. It's like from here, it's classic abduction. Um, laying on a table, there's a being, it's got a device scanning me up and down. Like a black like a black thing. box with lights kind of scanning my body. I can kind of see like a semi profile and it's definitely like a gray, like what I can see is like kind of a gray alien shape of an eye head kind of a thing. I'm not afraid. I'm just lying there going, how long is this going to take? Cause this <laughs> is like really boring, you know? And um, we and were the most difficult abductees in history. Right. Well, <laughs> the weird thing about that is I have joked, for, I had before that joked for many years that, you know, I thought 
you know, I was maybe an, an alien abductee, but I never really took it very seriously, but I would wake up and, you know, like there'd be dirt or grass in the bed, you know, where did that come from? Or I would have weird like bruises, like finger mark bruises on my body or just not, not good it. as a husband to have your wife, like, uh, yeah, have these unexplainable bruises. Well, guys. And there was actually, uh, <laughs> a time where I was staying alone. I was at a friend's house, she was away. I was in the house completely by myself. And uh, I went to bed, nobody in the house with me. I woke up the next morning and I had these bruises like on my arms and legs. I took pictures and sent them to a friend. I was like, this is what I'm talking about. You know, like this kind of thing keeps happening. So I used to joke like, oh, the aliens were at it again, you know? But then after the regression, I was like, hmm. I don't know, like, maybe that's why I was so complacent about it. But I was basically like, yeah, whatever. How long is this going to take? Uh, you know, I got stuff to do. You know, and some of the so some of the research that that I've done, like, it doesn't surprise me at all that you would see almost like a deer like figure that like, and you guys have may, maybe have read the same story. I can't recall the the person's name, but they were recalling um, an encounter that they used to have as a child. They would see Sesame Street characters nice. coming to coming to their room at night, and the mother the mother didn't believe him. It it was absolutely terrifying because imagine a Sesame Street character with the eyes of that deer. Mm-hmm. And it's probably one of those things where they tried to mimic, they try to mimic something you're familiar with. Yeah, yes. yeah, that, yes. that's what I'm saying. And the only reason the mom ended up believing the kid is because on its way out of the room one time when the kid was screaming, it, it got either stuck or it bumped its head on the window or something, which let that split second to where the, the mother could see it. Wow. But yeah, I mean, the, the sketches were really scary. It was like Bert and Ernie with oh, black wow. eyes and teeth. Well, I mean, oh, there's, there's something fishy with Sesame Street anyway, though. <laughs> <laughs> so it yeah. completely yeah. outdone yeah. though by the teletubbies <laughs> <laughs> and if i saw a teletubby with gray eyes i would retire immediately i would be done so yeah i have hanging on the wall behind me i, I have that white square and it's actually the owls are not what they seem from twin peaks and that's really david lynch got that from uh from Whitley Strieber and these idea of the street uh, screen memories. So the human brain wants to make sense of things. So if we see something that we've never ever seen before, it will look like something else. And uh, yeah, little kid Sesame Street, that's sinister, yeah. but I don't know if they meant to be sinister. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, yeah. maybe they thought, oh, you know, here's a friendly little kid. Yeah, trying to put, yeah. scare him or something. Yeah, because another element of mine, just real quick, was I saw this gas station. I saw it very clearly on the side of the road, and it fit in Point Pleasant. Mm -hmm. Like in a modern place, you'd go, "Well, what the hell? Like, how come the EPA hasn't shut this place down?" So it, it looked older, and it was called Sunny's Garage. I found out in the regression. The weird thing was. When I was in middle school, I wanted to be a car mechanic. That's what I wanted to be. And then I took the aptitude test and they sat me down and they were like, you have to go to college. You can't use your hands. That's for people who can't go to college. And I think they pulled, I think they pulled that memory. 
Cause, cause I always think about that and I have buddies that have garages and restore cars. And I'm like, that's the missing piece of my life. And I think they grab that and try to make use of it. If that makes sense. I, mean, I think it's, it's funny that you say that uh, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like when I was younger, I either wanted to be a welder or work on the railroad and I ended up becoming a banker. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah, very, very similar. There. My great grandfather worked on the railroad. And I'm terribly sorry, but we got cryptid that keeps coming in here, too. So. <laughs> oh, hello, cryptid. Hello there. <laughs> very cool. So, doesn't make appearances. But so, we were like, okay, so for 10 years, people have listened to us talk about ghosts. We published this book. We're, we're working on, had the second book come out yet? So Roommates from Beyond is our is our second book together. And it's a handbook for living in a haunted house. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, because we kind of love it. We sort of see it as value added. We don't think that most hauntings are demonic, not by a long shot. Uh, it's negotiation and all that kind of stuff. So either that book was fixing to come out or it had were, just come out. Yeah, I think we were working on and I said to Tanya, I remember we were sitting in the living room of the person who, who, who regressed Tanya and we're having coffee and I'm going, what the hell are we, you know, now, oh, the Medeas are not only ghost people, but now they've been ducted by aliens. Like, what the hell are we going to do? Like, I was really yeah. nervous. So the very next episode of our show, Into the Outer Realms, this was last November, mm -hmm. so 11 months ago, we did a whole show on it and we showed the sketch and we just said, look, folks. This is what we found out. Our colleagues have listened to the tapes. There are no red flags about implanted memories. Um, Betty and Barney Hill were coming up on the 60th anniversary. Yeah. Yes. Anytime now or just past. They had very different experiences. Um, and their personalities were very different. And our personalities are very different. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think they are opportunists. Especially with the, the kind of technology or you know, even if it's not technology if it's some like advanced way to use use their brain even mm -hmm. like you would have to think that would have to be a um a very catered experience based on what's in your head you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like a, like a tailored exactly. tailored to you type thing when it comes yeah. when it comes to the alien abduction and everything do you think it was a like aliens from a different world or do you think that maybe it's a different realm that they come from to capture us from or i'll give you first crack more and more i feel like it's maybe a different realm yeah um there just seems to be more and more i was just watching some videos today of people who i had an experience uh in 19 oh out in the desert out in the desert we can talk about that if you want but i had an, an experience where i felt like i slipped into a parallel dimension wow. and uh, i was watching some videos today where people had similar experiences so i think there is a lot of lead through where you know yeah I, these things can cross i definitely over. lean toward um interdimensional yeah mm -hmm. yeah either and that, that's the word we use either that or more like to go even deeper with it, you know, a hundred, a hundred, two hundred years ago, the thought of, you know, staring at an atom through a microscope, like we just, that's knowledge that we didn't have. So, you know, think about even a thousand years from now, what kind of knowledge we're going to have about ourselves exactly, in yep. ways to like unlock certain things, maybe even know how to slip in between dimensions. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just like all the weird stuff that started happening or that has happened since they started firing off that art particle accelerator in 2012. We are, we are, we are totally that. aligned with you we're on that. On board with that. Yeah. I think, I think that's a huge part of it. Yeah. Cause we were, we were watching a podcast the other day. Some friends of ours had a guy on who's very knowledgeable about this and they, what was the year hunt? They shut it down for a while. And that's exactly when the Mandela effect popped up. Well, I know, like, I think the first time they, the first experiment I think was 2000. And then, then it was probably 2009, 2009 or so they shut it down for a while and that was right around the time people were going nelson mandela alive and dead uh, what about the Lindbergh baby the berenstain berenstein bears you know all that started yep. there was a new one that came out a couple of weeks ago that people were freaking out about um do you remember at thanksgiving there used to be uh stouffer's stovetop stuffing oh, oh yeah mm-hmm. it never existed what what it's, if if you go if you go Google it, it never existed. There's stovetop stuffing, but Stouffer's stovetop stuffing never exists. Who makes oh, it? Wow, craft, craft never made. No, dang. Well, yeah. So for me, the Lindbergh baby, like I remember watching. I don't know, maybe in the late 80s, early 90s, I watched a whole documentary about the Lindbergh baby. It was one of the biggest mysteries, unsolved, never knew. And then all of a sudden, no, they found the baby. They know who did it. It's like, no. Yeah, I remember that too. And the the reason that we we solidified it, to me, there is no doubt that the Mandela effect is real because we got a friend from South Africa that grew up there. And his dad knows for a fact that nelson mandela died in the 80s for wow. Wow. a lot of people in, in cape think that i mean most people i'm pretty sure didn't he even say that there's like a like a there's epitaph a or something yeah. yep so very strange stuff so that's great yeah wow that's an that's an interesting confirmation you know the two the two in the bible mm-hmm. like um, the, the one that's a little more obscure and maybe we misremember, but um, Delilah cut Samson's hair. That was the whole point, <laughs> you know, like whole songs of it, you know, Regina Spector and all that. In the Bible, it says that she called in a priest or someone else to do it, to cut his hair. Yeah, that's a much different, much different narrative. And then the other one is the lion will d- lay down with the lamb. But in all the Bibles now, it says the lion will lay down with the wolf. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. There are yeah. actual. I mean, we know. We know it. Well, first of all, we just know because you know we know. But there are figures from like the 1930s, and it's a lion and a lamb. Yeah, lying down together. Why would they make that? What? What do you think happened? Do you think it was when they found the Higgs bosom and it just kind of threw us into alternate dimension or something? I think that's a that's a great question. I saw a theory where this was like a fourteen year old physicist. Yeah, um, a number of years that? ago, so he's probably about ago. twenty now. Yeah, yeah. almost. Um, it was probably like four or five years ago. Um, his theory was when <clears throat> when they fired it up, they obliterated our universe. And so we just moved over to the next to a similar parallel. to a so similar one. one. That kind of plays off an existing um, uh, theory in physics that I forget who had it. 
I'm not very good with remembering names if you oh, haven't figured that out yet. But I think it's very similar to what mom used to say. I'll smack the shit out of you. It just smacks <laughs> a different dimension. <laughs> so, so there was a there was a quantum physicist that thought that when we die, that we never really die. We cease to exist in this universe and our consciousness yes. transfers to us in another parallel universe. Like, yeah. like, yeah, but you know, <laughs> if you believe in, in infinite universes, it would make sense that all of these minor details would tweak from universe to universe. Yeah. yeah. If it obliterated our universe and all of us would transfer it at once. So there really wouldn't have been any difference. I just think that the changes haven't been dramatic enough for the, the greater population to acknowledge right. it. Right. Man, yeah. if, you, they, if you woke up tomorrow and nobody knew who you were, yeah. and you know what I mean? If you were in a dimension that where your life had went completely different, then yeah you know it's yeah. just crazy to think probably, about that probably happened to people if this is what really happened there's probably people when, when they snapped into a new reality is just completely different than what they knew you had that experience i had an experience in 20 we were in north carolina or no no the first time it was in uh west virginia so we had a home in west virginia I'm walking home one day from the store, you know, nothing unusual. All of a sudden I walk through the front door and I just immediately know, I'm like, yeah, this is my life, but it's not my life. Like, this is not my house. Like the, like the song. Yeah. Um, um, oh, the talking head yeah, song. Yeah, the talking yeah. head song. Uh, so... <laughs> I did, it was very, very strange. It was like, yeah, I know this is my life. Like I recognize everything, but this is totally not my life. And then there shortly after I go into my closet to get clothes and I'm looking at all the clothes and they're completely foreign to me. And I'm like, like, who, wear, who wears this? Like, who would wear this? Like, you know, I can't find anything to wear in my closet because none of it like feels mine. Yeah. Being a psychic, though, is there a chance that maybe alternate thoughts that come in that you can see and things of that nature, maybe they overtake you and you kind of still know it's you, but everything's seen from a different perspective in a way? I think that's a great question. I, I think that, um, yes, when you, first of all, I always say I'm not a fan of the word psychic because these are abilities that we all have. But I think that the human body has the ability to pick up on subtle like frequencies. We're like, you know, bio antennas, basically. What did Ingo Swan say? We got over a hundred? Over, yeah, a hundred different like sensing systems. Throughout our whole body that are processing info. But I think it's like some people are, you know, really talented musicians. Some people are great athletes. Some people are just more sensitive and have, you know, bigger antennas or whatever. But yeah, I think that's exactly it. We're just kind of open to all of the, you know, whether that's tuning into another dimension, tuning into the spirit realm, whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. That's cool. And whenever it comes to like uh, the slips and dimensions and things, um, like like I said, we could jump off the rails. So, do you think that there's? Have you ever had an instance where like maybe you slipped and 
like where you seen the gas station. Do you think that was a potential that that might have been a time slip? Yes. Well, that definitely was because that was part of that whole missing two and a half hours. They definitely took us to a constructed. Now, in this sense, they, it, it's almost like a laboratory, almost like a holodeck yeah. is what they took us to. So, so that was that's confusing about what exactly happened there. But your this is this is a good time to tell your story about that restaurant yes. that didn't exist. So, Have you guys seen Preacher? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. there reminds me of like the the hell loops almost like yes. Where they, just a random thought. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Yeah, I dug that show very much. Yeah, so this would have been maybe around 1990. I'm not really sure. Um, I was living in Arizona. I had a friend. And so we were in Mesa, which is like the sort of like the Phoenix Valley. And she wanted to go down to Tucson, which I had never been to. And we didn't think about it. And then this is before the internet. Like you didn't, <laughs> you couldn't just go on the internet and find things out back then. So we're like, yeah, sure. We'll just take a day trip. We'll drive down. And it was a few hour drive, long stretch of desert highway. And at a certain point, we're getting kind of hungry, thirsty, whatever, and we see a diner. So we pull in, we go in, and immediately it just feels weird. It feels off. Uh, There's a jukebox, there's old music playing. Uh, Everybody seems to be wearing very outdated clothes. The diner itself seems, you know, maybe from the 70s. We sit down, there's maybe one other table in the diner, and we wait forever and finally the waitress comes and she's very flustered she was oh i'm so sorry i'm so sorry it took so long we're just so busy right now and we're looking around and we're like there's like nobody here you know? <laughs> was it literally i can't believe i've never asked you this i've, I've heard this story dozens of times but um was it literally just you and the waitress in the restaurant it was me my friend right right and right. like another table Okay. That was it. Of people, though. Of people. Yeah, that's and, weird. And some guy behind the counter. So she takes our order. It feels very weird. I say to my friend, I'm pretty sure Elvis is back in the kitchen making our food. <laughs> that would have been dope as hell, though. Yeah. <laughs> so we get our food. We pay the bill. It's It's very cheap. You know, for the time period, again, we leave, we don't think much of it, we get all the way down to Tucson, and it's a Sunday, there's like nothing open. So we're like, I always say we get to Tucson and it's closed, but that was pretty much the case. So we're like, well, crap, you know, we probably should have researched this better. So we drive back. On the way back, we think, yeah, we get a nice tea, cup of coffee, whatever. Can't find the diner. It's not there. It's just not there. You know, that's interesting that you say it happened out west because a lot of the times when people tell stories of similar things where they've seen buildings that wasn't there, they went in, they shopped, they did whatever, it's usually out west. And I'm this, I base this off nothing, no proof whatsoever. (laughs) That's the way I usually do things until I find the proof. But I think where you got adopted in west virginia do you think it's a possibility that that is like i don't know like uh what what do you call it whenever you're like onboarding like figuring out the type of person you are to see if you would be a good adoptee 
like a recruitment yeah, center? Yeah, I mean, that's ex that's exactly what's on that audio recording. Not a good candidate, not a good candidate, not a good candidate. So I think it's been an interesting journey for Tanya and I. There are a lot of psychics and sensitive people who meet Tanya and say, you're a star person. Like you, you just came from another and for whatever reason, you're here. Me, my family was more, I had three great grandmothers, all Sicilian, who were uh, kind of like Italian witches. They were sensitive. One could interpret people's dreams. The other one was psychic. Other one was a healer. So, so through my family, we created some skills. So if the conditions are just right, I could see a ghost. So people like Tanya, I think it's, it's, you maybe just be reconnecting with your people, or you may be part of an experiment. Um, it, I might, it, for me, it might've just been because I was along for the ride. So, okay, he's with her. So let's do the experiment. You know, it's like you, you go to some kind of testing center and they go, well, you're here. Why don't we, you know, see I'm you. I'm not sure. I, Joey, I think really sells himself short. I've thought for many years, he's very, very psychic. Um, I, don't know. I have more hits. I, I mean, I have more misses than hits. So percentage wise, I don't think so. But anyway, um, we don't need to debate. Anyway, this it's very intuitive. <laughs> and so when I see spirit, I see it like in my mind's eye. It's almost like if you were to look across a room and imagine your mother was standing there, that's kind of what it is, except that I'm not imagining it. It's kind of being projected in there. And that's how I pick up spirit. He sees it out there. I actually like he see them. sees it. Oh. So to me, that's a level up. I mean, I think. Well, it's a different level. We have a friend, Tony, and she can only see people. I can't remember. Who are dead, but haven't crossed to the higher plane. So yeah. she can only see earthbound spirits. Mm -hmm. So whatever the antenna system, whatever. And, and there seems to be. Now, Tony was abducted mm. when she was young. And a lot of people She's, in her family I, were lifelong i thought yeah 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 from the time she was a little kid i have no no one in my family has ever ever mentioned an abduction experience and we've been doing this work now pretty very publicly since right, 2016 also knowing your family i can't imagine that anyone in your family would well, some people, though, do talk about my Sicilian great-grandmothers and also there are people. Yeah, but I think like my, your family would keep it very hush, hush It sounds like my family, too. Like, me and my yeah. wife, we, you know, collect a lot of oddities and we're into to all of that. And, you know, my mom is like the most innocent, sweet person on this planet. So she just, <laughs> does, she just doesn't acknowledge any of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, your, your dad's like that. Well, my dad's like that. He's a little different. My dad's a complete and total cynic. He believes in absolutely nothing. He's you one of the new, the new atheists. It, it yeah, he's on board with the exist. new atheists. So, yeah. and he was an analyst for the Air Force, very high level. And also he kind of, either he's holding a lot of secrets or he's just not tuned into those other things. He's very pragmatic. Well, I grew up Catholic and the Catholics are odd. Like we talk about this a lot. Catholicism is all paranormal and slightly exactly. vampiric. <laughs> yeah. You know, the yeah. body of the blood. We just watched uh, Midnight Mass. Right? Us too. Us too. Yeah, it's yeah. Good, and you're watching this and you're going, the Catholicism totally let, we watch Evil 2 on CBS and Catholicism is so paranormal. 
saints and miracles and, and you know rising from the dead the whole the whole bit yet if it's it, but it also kind of warns you if you have a direct experience of this like it's a demon and it's not authentic and only certain people can have these experiences so i think that's why my family is very hush hush because of the catholicism so a question that we usually ask um folks who have you know done paranormal investigations and stuff do you think that there's a difference between like like sentient spirits and spirits that are kind of like on a loop like uh yes you you know how like people Mm -hmm. see civil war soldiers just marching randomly yeah so residual hauntings absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah um our experience and i guess because of your level of sensitivity our experience is mostly sentient yeah now that you mention it i guess i had thought about it that much um our i think most um consistent interaction with um spirit would be at the web library in north carolina and there were most of the spirits that we encountered there were definitely sentient so they were intelligent we had conversations with them we could run the psv 11 and there which is a spirit intelligent conversation happening yeah we could ask a question we'd get a relevant answer very distinct personalities very distinct sense of humor sarcasm confirmation from uh many different psychics who were present and we wouldn't say anything and we'd all kind of walk into a room and observe okay this you know we wouldn't say it would say all right this is what i'm seeing and then we would compare notes and it was always the same so that that was our experience at the web but we did see a couple there was the guy doing the like painting or whatever yes the the shop the shop guy with the apron on the mm-hmm. second floor, he was like a maintenance man, and he was just doing his job over and over. Um, that would be the shittiest thing ever. Like, if I die I know. and I'm stuck on the phones, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> but, I think, but I think, though, he's he's moved on, but his energy imprint. It's his energy imprint. Either he yeah. loved his job or he despised it. Right. But there was energy. There was a consistent thought pattern, right? Like, you hear about residual hauntings with pets. Mm-hmm. That like if yeah. they used to run like on a lead leash or a, a lead line, you know, around the yard, people will see them doing that. Oh, and they no. were probably happy and free. And I have done readings for clients who have lost pets and, and I get very intelligent communications from pets as well. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. Because you're very me, circumspect. They'll show me about their favorite bull, their favorite bull. They'll show me what they used to do, their collar. And yeah. so these are all ways that I can confirm with the client that this is really their pet coming through. But yeah, yeah so, so both. But um, at the web, there was also a woman who was in mourning and yes. she was on the first floor. There was never any sense from me or any other psychics who picked her up that it was her consciousness per se. It was just an imprint. So she got really bad news is my feeling. It was in the area that was in a that doctor's area, office. It was a doctor's office. She's crying. She's wearing black. I think she got really bad news and that energy imprint of her emotional state is just there. Right. And of the dozens of dozens of spirits and ghosts, so a ghost being earthbound, a spirit has moved across to another 
plane or heaven or whatever you want to call it, it's immaterial. But they've moved on to a higher vibrational level where they'll come back to check on us or to be of aid. Uh, I was going through a, a health thing and uh, my great grandmother started showing up at the house. She's definitely a spirit. So definitely not an earthbound ghost, no unresolved business, but uh, she was trying to help me and which was very nice. Um, that woman, the residual haunting, that was the one that non, well, everybody's sensitive, but people who typically don't have that kind of thing, mm -hmm. they, they would sit in that chair and no work from us, nothing. They would sit in that chair and they'd go, I feel so sad all of a sudden. I'm excited to be here to be part of this investigation. We're on vacation, you know, at, at on the Crystal Coast of North Carolina, and I just want to cry. Wow. So residual energy can be even stronger than ghost or yeah, or, or intelligent energy, which is fascinating. So something that that kind of breaks my mind that I kind of go back and forth on because I, I consider myself spiritual. Um, and, you know, I've been ghost hunting and stuff like that, but is the thought like of what we were talking about before, like if, if everything that ever existed still exists and has ex like just the infinite universe theory, mm -hmm. it's, it's almost like how, like, how does that happen? Like, how does, mm. how do you get stuck or, you know, just like you're your great grandmother like it seems like that that consciousness would have transferred already or i mean like i literally have no explanation for it i'm just telling you kind of like what gets me going yeah i think my great grandmother and rosemary after she died um she, she came back and forth a lot and i think that what we have found and i i think if if the if the Watch out for the hallway, the two-year web investigation. If there's anything that we sort of brought to light and contributed to the field, it's that they have personalities and the personalities change um, over time. So an angry person can become less angry. Uh, a, a, a ghost who's very friendly can have an off night and be really angry for some reason. We've associated head trauma like a gunshot wound or someone who's hung themselves or a guy who had a motorcycle accident, there is some level of amnesia, of actual head trauma still on the other side. That energy is coherent enough to have those kinds of things. Um, my great-grandmother was probably a healer. Her grandson was having a little bit of a health thing. And so she popped in, the doorways are open. People like Tanya are a battery. Our daughter's 22. She's she's a very talented psychic medium. So when you get those two together, or we had a friend over a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago, and it's like, oh, there's a guy there and someone there. And suddenly I'm seeing this little blonde haired boy in a sailor suit. And so it kind of juices the air. So I think it allows them to come in easier. I think so. But I also kind of think of it um, to your to your question as well, like. I think of it like a, I don't know, 20 story building. And on this, you know, particular plane that we're experiencing this three dimensional material reality, you know, we're on the first floor. And then we leave our bodies and we go to the second floor. 
and maybe we hang around on the second floor for a little while. And as we let go of our attachments and we work through our karma, whatever, maybe we move up to the third floor. But there's an elevator. So if we want to come back down, you know, down being a totally, you know, for purposes of a yeah. discussion yeah. yeah needing nothing but you know needing it for for an example um so we can come down and visit those on the first floor and then we're going to go back up to the third floor we're going to work through that karma go up to the fourth floor and so on so you think it's kind of like kind of like trying to become a super saiyan <laughs> are you familiar with that I'm not. <laughs> it, it was a dragon ball z reference oh okay, okay. sorry about that no you're good i don't know it either i'm, I'm just goofing around but, well but no you know, that, that makes a lot of sense though like that's that's probably one of the better uh metaphors i've ever heard um um when it comes to all that do you do you put any credence into like uh past lives as well like reincarnation yes. Yes. Yeah. So you're certified in that. So I'm a certified hypnotist. I do past life regression. Um, I take people through the whole regression process and, you know, they recount experiences that are so foreign to them that have nothing to do with any memory that they would have from their current life. I've been regressed through past lives. Tanya uh, regressed me live on air on our show. Um, <laughs> yeah, to kind, to kind of demystify it. And at one point, I'm dying in a jungle surrounded by people who, who don't speak the same language as me. I'm dying of some kind of jungle fever. And it's terrifying. And I have no bait, even being a, a novelist and a playwright and a screenwriter and having a wild imagination, there's no logical explanation that out of nowhere where Tanya said, now move forward to the end of your life, to this lifetime, where I was on a merchant ship and all this kind of stuff. Why would I generate that? Like, why would your mind generate that? And it was frightening. And I was like, I don't want to do this. And she's like, well, just stay with it and let's see how it goes. It was the most lonely, terrifying, like the idea of being alone in a foreign land and dying of a fever in the middle of the, that was not, that's not something I would conjure for myself and certainly not live on air, you know? So that was very, that was super mysterious. Well, look who joined us finally. <laughs> So, uh, and, and reincarnation, I'll just say real quick, to us, that's the big smoking gun now. Because for decades, they've been doing systematic. So you have a little kid, five, six years old, and they say, this isn't my life. I'm actually from that town over there. And my husband's name is blah, blah, blah. And he lives in a white stucco house with red Tons. shutters. Yeah. Lots of those cases. Yes. So or that you showed, go ahead. Uh, I was I was just gonna say, it, does that kind of play into the to the twenty story building theory as well? Like, like you, like, I don't know. I'll let, I'll let you. Is it a situation where you continue to progress through your afterlife until you just become reborn, or do you have choice? Or? I I think that's a great question. I think probably none of us here on the first floor really know the answer. But what I think is, it somewhat maybe has to do with our karma. And karma, a lot of people think of karma as like, you know, punishment 
well, you did this, so now this is coming back on you. But really, karma is just about attachments. So when you have no more attachments, you have no more karma. So I think, you know, karma is like you plant an apple seed, you get an apple tree. So let's say you have an experience in this lifetime where you have um, a fair amount of authority and you decide that you're going to get drunk on that authority and abuse it and, you know, wield it over other people. And now you have this karma. So you're going to go, maybe you're going to get as high as the third floor. And it's going to be like, yeah, well, you know, the elevator pass isn't going to take you to the fourth floor till you go kind of balance this out. And so you have to come back and you have a life where maybe somebody has to wield that power over you. So you can kind of feel the balance of that and what that feels like. That's my theory. No, but I mean, how can we know? And I refuse to accept that because that just sounds like more authority. And <laughs> we had a, we had, we, I do all this crazy stuff live on air to kind of demystify things. So we had a palm reader and she said, you're coming back next time. There's something that you still haven't gotten done and it has to do with your writing and it's unfulfilled that you're coming back again. I don't want to know that. I don't want to consider it. But but academically, I think you're you're right on. But there was you did the reading for the mother. So wait, wait, wait. What part don't you agree with then? That that um, that there's that in order to up level, you have to like replay this level. So I I don't think Dragon Ball Z was very far off. We <laughs> use that idea of up leveling. I think maybe the ETs in Point Pleasant to, were trying to. Yeah, I think hard to come up with a with they a, were trying to up level exact us. analogy because i think in this three-dimensional yeah. material world that right. we're experiencing it's very limited but what about that boy who said um so so this is an interesting story you got called in mm-hmm. and uh so a little boy was born he was hit by a car he died subsequently uh the mother had another child And so she never knew her little brother, but there were strange things happening and they wanted a reading from Tanya. At the end of that reading, which was just amazing, but a show in itself, he said, I've already chosen my new family to be, I'm I'm getting ready to reincarnate and I've already chosen the family. I love to hear that because if it's like, would you like to come back? And if so, you kind of get to choose I've, I've heard that a lot too. I, I just, sometimes I think about like, like if they give you, you know, 50 sets of parents to choose from and you get to look at their backgrounds and stuff. Okay. Do I want to choose the, the American family and play life on easy mode? Or do I want to choose the African family and play life on extreme difficulty? Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think that's a great, Another I think that's completely valid because yeah. more and more there's evidence that we're actually living in a simulation. So let's say we're avatars, you know, back to your dragon Z. Why wouldn't you? I mean, if you just want to have the full game experience, why am I going to just be on easy mode all the time? Why am I not going to go live in Africa or and, India? Or And that's why I dislike superheroes. It's like game in the system when you have all kinds of powers and I can't stand a superhero or villain is totally friggin' indestructible. I like someone who's got a knife in the jungle, has got to use their wits and they could die at any moment. Like that's what I dig. So that's where I come from. So I think not that this life, see, this life has been very easy for me. I, yeah, I think for, I, I mean, I've had a very easy life. So did I choose that? 
Or, compared to other places. Yeah. Am I getting towards the end? So I kind of got to, but then this lady says, according to your palm, you didn't do what you needed to do. So did I pick easy mode? And they're like, well, the good news is you cakewalked through this life, but the bad news is you didn't take care of business. So maybe I should have chosen a higher level. I mean, it gets really provocative. It's very, and again, I mean, anyone who says they know. Yeah. Anyone who says they're an expert, run, run away. Because <laughs> nobody knows. We don't know. We can't I can't know. I completely agree with that. Uh, and you, you see some people who are just like complete kooks too. Like it, it just like very extreme in uh, their paranormal views and stuff. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. There's, 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 a, there's some, some people that a lot of people respect and they get a lot of airtime and they kind of say there are no ghosts and spirits and life just ends. And what you're seeing is some kind of trickster manifestation you're being screwed with. That just doesn't help. That kind of extremism doesn't help. And maybe, hey, maybe they're right. But when Tanya sits down with a client and they go and the grandma goes, Oh, by the way, I know you want to make cornbread and the recipe is like in the cupboard back behind the forgotten like stuff that's been there for two decades and they go and the recipe is there. That's an awful lot of bother for some trickster spirit. Yeah, <laughs> this doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense, you know, for cornbread. Like, ooh, I really got you. Now you're going to make grandma's cornbread. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't, you know, being a writer, I think about motivation and what the hell is the motivation to that? Right. There's none. Yeah. So I, I'm with you. Uh, so those kind of extreme, you know, even is Bigfoot flesh and blood is Bigfoot interdimensional. Yeah, probably both, maybe, probably. you know. Yeah, we, I forgot who he's talking to, um, but they believe that the national force was set up to basically separate Bigfoot from us, and they basically live just like us in the national forest. Oh. Well, yeah, it was Roosevelt, I believe, that set up the nas- national force yes. system. Yes. And there are a lot tons of strange disappearances in national oh, forests. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the whole Dave Politis 411 thing. Yeah. Yeah, and we had a guest on our show uh, named Andy Oyen, O-E-I-N. And there's this triangle. He's been for decades, since the 80s. Um, it's Colorado, Texas, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Three peaks, Guadalupe Peak, Blanca Peak and another one and right smack dab in all those forests. And he's kind of taken a step further. He's working. He wrote a novel and now he's working on a screenplay. But his theory is the national parks were set up as basically abduction sites when the deal was made, you know, with uh, Eisenhower, the, the, uh, the, the Griotta Treaty, 1954, where, hey, we'll give you tech, but we need people. You know, that's been the theory forever, too, that Eisenhower set up to where they can come in and take people away. And do you believe in, like, the um, chaotic magic thing, like they have to tell us what's going on before they can do it? Because American Horror Story story is telling that story right Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Like the exact story is crazy. It was kind of like a, a foreign exchange program with other mm-hmm. planets. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It kind of is. And, and you guys know I flunked out of school. So I went to orientation <laughs> and they were like, yeah, yeah not the, this fella. 
not this fall. And and you know what? The TNT area in Point Pleasant, um, it's massive amounts of acres. Yes. So it might as well be a national forest. I mean, mm -hmm. it's a protected, it's a super fun site, a super fun site because of the TNT and everything that leached it, into the water and all. It's but funny, funny same. that you say that. If you're ever traveling through Kentucky for any reason, like if you're going south to Tennessee or something, and you, you go through, so it's past Lexington on I-75. Called Richmond. That yeah, Richmond. If you get off in Richmond, Kentucky, there's igloos like what you're talking about, mm -hmm. where they stored um biological like mustard gas and crazy oh. like nuclear weapons there and you can see them from the side of the road it's absolutely insane I, I lived in richmond for a little bit and they would test those fucking alarms and when they go <laughs> off you're like where's the gas at oh shit <laughs> oh yeah yeah well we we live about uh we live about a half a mile from a maximum security prison so twice a week Mm -hmm. Right, Wednesdays and Sundays. This is a test of the Trumbull County uh, criminal system, and you get those sirens going, and so I, I feel you. I, I understand that. So, so yeah. So, isn't that creepy? That frightens the hell out of me. Yeah, they that. they said that there's enough uh, enough nuclear explosives and mustard gas there to, to basically wipe out the world if somebody were to attack it. Yeah. Oh, it's still oh, there. It's an active sort site. Yeah, Point Pleasant. They were <laughs> they were leasing some of the igloos further further back, the ones that are locked up. And uh, what was it about five years ago? Something got wet. Some gunpowder. Some got wet, and it blew one of those igloos sky high. Well, yeah, because doesn't TNT like over time become not stable? Yeah. You know what yes. I mean? Now, now all of the original TNT from, you know, post-World War II has been moved out, but they had these bunkers and they were leasing them, leasing them out to, to people who had various explosives and all. It must have gotten wet. There might have been a leak, a crack. They weren't checking up on their on their stock. And it is very weird because those igloos are about about the size of a typical like bedroom. Uh, we're sitting in like probably a 12 by 14 rooms. So it's probably like that. And the top of that thing, you're looking at at sky, um, and it changed it changed the entire energetic complexion of that area, that explosion. Wow! One of the creepiest things about that place in Richmond is they have cows everywhere. Mm. When I was a kid, I was like, "Look at all them cows." Dad was like, "Oh, that's for whenever the gas starts leaking. If you see them cows fall down." Then you need to run. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Like the, canary, like the canary in the coal mine. Yep. It's scary how many places like that exist because there's another one in Tennessee. I forget where it, it's exactly where in Tennessee it's at. It's pretty close to where we grew up. Um, but it, it's also exactly the same igloos, nuclear weapons, um, uh, doomsday level results if somebody were to successfully attack a place like that. I'm going to sleep. I'd be, so I'd, be, I'd, be curious, <laughs> I'd be curious how close that is to Oak Ridge National Laboratory, which is in Tennessee, where that, they're beaming that, particles trying it. to open I, a portal. Isn't that called Oak Ridge? Oh, yeah. I did, yeah, it could be part of the same facility. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where they're keeping all that stuff. Wow. See, and they've been working on like a Stranger Things kind of thing where they're beaming particles at a wall trying to open up a <laughs> parallel universe. Sounds right? like a great idea. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's weird. It's weird. We, uh, me and Cecil, 
we're looking at a video a few weeks ago where a guy was trying to open dimensions with um, sound res- yeah sound resonance like mm-hmm. certain frequencies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Forminate said a word. <laughs> I'm, I'm just enjoying the energy here. I, I, I don't want to interrupt. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> um, so, so the energy, the, yeah. So, so they're doing all these interesting experiments, like MIT and all these great sound laboratories of a lot of the sacred sites, and they have like weird shaped windows in them, or or kivas, and their sound amplification systems. They're giant sound. The architecture is all decided. So you could chant into it through these windows and have a resonance come up. And that gets into Tesla. Like we've really started to uh, studying Tesla mm-hmm. as much as our minds can, you know, absorb. And he, the idea of levitating things with sound is probably how they move the rocks to Stonehenge. And, you yeah. know, I believe that. You know, for all vibrational beings, I do have to ask because I'm always real curious, like, what is the most profound or if you're comfortable talking about, like, the most intense moment you've had while doing paranormal investigations? And things like I, I know mine. You probably know mine, too. But what what's yours? Oh, I have to think like that. Okay, well, you think. Yeah, you go uh, we witnessed an attempted possession. So as much as we've talked to you about all this time, uh, demons are are fairly rare and it's mostly not what's going on. We were a woman was having some problems. She asked us to come and investigate over the weekend. We hung out. We had a nice dinner. I'm kind of giving you the, you know, the Reader's Digest. And after dinner, she started acting weird, a little violent. Uh, we had had a little bit of wine, a couple glasses each, nothing major. She's like, let's get out the dousing rods. And we're like, no, you don't use equipment like that when you've been drinking. Let's just go to bed. Tomorrow we'll start the investigation. Tanya goes upstairs to bed. I have some work to do in the next room. Next thing I know, she's behind me with the dousing rods. I'm like, listen, so-and-so, I told you, like, we got to put these away. It's dangerous why don't you go to bed? Well, I don't want to go up to my bedroom. I'm just going to sleep on the couch while you're down here working. Okay. She starts cackling like a witch. Then I'm hearing a voice that's not her voice. And then I'm hearing her voice. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I should fear no evil. Lord Jesus Christ, but uh, cackle. I, I have her kind of thing. I go over to check. Tanya hears it from upstairs. It's so loud. She comes down. This woman's eyes change color, guy. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. And we prayed, used every herb, tobacco, sage, everything that we had in our kit, praying, praying with her. She asked for a rosary. We gave her a rosary. And, and I don't even want to say we battled it. We, all we know is that the, the possession didn't take. Right. Wow. The possession didn't take. And so for people that go around and make these videos and we did three exorcisms in our little town this week and are we cool? I call bullshit on that. I call bullshit on that because when you have sat in the presence of something taking over someone to the point where their eyes are changing color and their voice is changing, uh, their voice is changing and they're desperately praying and going back and forth with this thing. Uh, that's nothing to be proud of. And that is nothing to seek out. Like that's a boy scout paranormal badge that I wish I didn't have on my shirt. Um, yeah. That, that, that's crazy, man. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah that was about two and a half two and a half years ago yeah it's kind of a, between that and then there was a time that we were uh in the tnt area in point pleasant and we had been out there many times yeah we had experienced some strange things whatever the, the first time we went there yeah we felt like we were being watched we felt uneasy we left but a few years ago we were out there and there was just uh it's coming up a on a year presence. ago yeah and we were kind of seeing it almost like a shimmering almost like the predator oh oh okay thing. this is a different time i'm sorry i just knew like we got a leave now like and i have never felt like that out i couldn't get out of there quickly. we would stop it would stop we would walk it would come and there were four of us that all saw it there were four of us and every time we we try to go out there a couple times a year and every time we go out there um yeah that's part of what we do we go out there at night and we walk around and we investigate and we go as a group and um it's just part of what we do the next time we went out there i was so unsettled like I knew if we didn't get out of there, we might die. That's that was how I that felt. was coming up on a year ago. And we had driven, what is that, almost four hours from yeah. Here. So um the next time we went out, I I wouldn't go with the group. I stayed, I stayed in the hotel room. I just I was like, oh, and that's where we have a photo. Yes. We have a photo of it's probably about 4 30 in the afternoon. There's eight or ten of us because it was festival weekend. And there is a black bar. My face is obliterated in the photo. And we've had it analyzed by all kinds of experts. It's not a digital artifact. It, 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 there's no accounting for shadows because you have all these people and the people are oriented like I am. Earlier that day, we were talking to a woman who was saying these things are coming through this portal yeah. and making my friends and I sick. And this woman has cancer. What do you think about portals? I turned to Tanya. Yeah, we were manning a table at the yeah, Mothman festival. Yeah, at the festival, at the Mothman festival, we were speaking. And she looked at me and she looked frightened out of her mind. I jumped out of my seat. I, I like screamed and jumped out of my seat because as he turned, his eyes were red, like red like your wall. Wow. And yeah, and then that night obliterated in the photos. So, yeah, we've had some weird crap in that in that area what kind of whoever yeah. entity would blot out that face is a piece of shit i'll tell you that <laughs> yeah yeah, I, it, yeah had something attached to me was it unhappy that we were giving this woman advice and screwing with its vibe you know its plan um we, we know some investigators one of them is deceased and they were investigating dark things like shadow people and gin and in in private, we were told that one person who got very, very sick uh, was attacked by the gin. They warned her back off. Uh, I was pulled off a ladder or I had a ladder pulled out from under me. It wasn't a gin, but it was nasty. Mm -hmm. like um, killed really killed people's thing. killed people's cats, like starved them like a wasting disease almost like a wraith kind of wasting disease because cats can be cats and dogs can be very sensitive. So you want to get, Oh, look at that. Oh, oh, there's another one. <laughs> well, I might want to cut, might want to cover his ears. Um, but um, we're kind of getting the, the guard kitties out of the equation. Um, it was sinister. It was horrible. This guy got pulled out of his chair. He had to have emergency surgery on his heart. And when they tested, everything was fine. 
So this thing either gave him an energetic jolt or reached in psychically and grabbed his heart. Who the hell knows? But someone had asked us to take the case. And so I called the guy. You know, we always do an intake, get a sense of things. Because like you said, um, Tali, there's kooks out there. So I don't want to put Tanya in danger. We don't want to walk into a situation. So I do the phone intake and then I had to clean the gutters. So I go out front with a five foot A ladder. I've done it dozens of times. I'm always careful. I used to be a house painter and I'd be up 30 feet with an extension or 20 feet with an extension ladder. Good balance and all. I felt that ladder yanked out from under me. So I didn't fall off the ladder like it didn't wobble and topple. It came down from the bottom. And I was, so I didn't have to move the ladder as much. I had a, a broom. That broom was broken in three places and was right next to me. So my back was really bruised up, right? I had to get on an airplane the next day and fly to New Jersey for something. Um, it was a warning. It was a warning. Don't get involved in this. Don't get involved in this because we can do bad shit to you. And then we did it anyway. And you checked in with your guides the morning before we left. But first, the things were posing as your guides mm -hmm. so there are some sinister there are some sinister nasty things out there and you know like you said we're vibration we're energy and anything that can bring that energy down into a into a health zone you know they talk about you know viruses and things have vibrations so if your energy doesn't align with the vibrate with the viral energy it may not take hold it might not align or whatever um I'm trying to be real circumspect here because everybody's getting shut down for talking about oh, certain for sure. things. So for sure. Trying to be yeah. circumspect, but just talking about aligning energy vibrations, well, right? We could talk about a lot of things, but we would have to. Yeah. I, I could talk all not about that, but yeah. we would have to cut it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nobody would ever hear it. So what's the point? But, but just in that sense of, you know, when you say like, oh, I don't really vibe with that guy. You know, like we're not going to work together. We don't hit it off. This went very well. We're all vibing great. So that's terrific. So I think it works that way too with real low vibrational energy beings. They can make you, they can make a pet sick just by mucking in your energy field and bringing it down where things can can take hold, hurt you, damage your organs. Uh, we knew a dude whose heart was, was damaged, another guy after a UFO encounter. Wow. Um, which might have been an ion plasma, you know, I'm talking over my head here, but something about the propulsion system screwed his, his blood up and he wound up in the hospital. So I think that stuff all kind of works that way. Yeah, there was um, what I was looking up that I wanted to ask you guys about. I've only asked a few people about this um, because it's extremely insane. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, and I, I, I know with all everything that Tanya has going on, like maybe you've came across this. There's, there's a, a Russian man. I'm, I don't think he's a doctor, but he is definitely uh, a practitioner of magic, and in, in, in some form. But it, it's called, and I, I hope I pronounce his, his name right. It's, it's Grabovoy. Grabovoy. Um, so, so this man has a code system where basically you're meditating and mm -hmm. you envision, and I just read through all of this. I haven't done it or anything, but you envision like a, a spherical ball of light in your mind or in your mind's eye, I guess. 
and then the, he has this huge list of of numbers and it's like like let me think like oh, seven 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 digit numbers wow and each one is a combination for a certain purpose and they put him in prison because apparently someone called him up to a village where two children had passed away and he brought them back from the dead but 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 it was like a pet cemetery situation oh yeah yeah where (laughs) where they were just like zombies for lack of a better term and it's 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 definitely a rabbit hole to go down because there's literally like thousands of these codes anything from anything um i mean just random stuff it's not even like like how traditional magic is kind of like you know cleanse yourself of bad spirits or or energy like there's codes for stuff like that but there's also codes for like do you have kidney stones do you have certain very specific diseases very very interesting and i don't know how he came up with the numbers but there's that mob been doing or something. He's he's considered almost like a cult leader in Russia, um, no. but he's out of prison now and he's teaching again. Um, but the whole deal, like, there had to where there's smoke, there's fire, and it had to be something extremely crazy for them to put him in prison for chanting right. codes. Well, the whole that like the code thing kind of makes me think of like mathematics and like if we are living in a simulation and there's some sort of computer program running in the background, all you have to know is the code and you can change the outcome of the kidney stones or the, you know, yep. or the whatever. It's almost like bar- barcodes at the grocery yeah. store. Yeah. Well, and there's there's an ancient um act basically is what it is. He's not the he's not the first person to do this. Um, so there is a a Devon code that that has existed for a long time, and it's it's part of um, I think it's like a Chinese mantra. Mm-hmm. But but the code for that is three three nine six eight one five, and mm-hmm. it, it's really strange. And if you if you look it up, like. People don't chant the actual numbers. They chant a mantra that's like the language. Mm. Um, and you can find videos on YouTube and stuff of like almost healing seminars where people will literally just chant this number with basically like a drum. Like it's, it's, it's of, very. So it's kind of like the what monks used to do to warm their bodies. Have you ever seen the videos where monks sit there in like a cold room and you can actually see steam start rolling off? Of yes. Them? absolutely yeah yeah total control over your like a david blade david blade sort of has that you know sadhu sort of ability to uh to to regulate his body temperature his heart his breathing all that kind of stuff i don't know how much credence you guys throw into this i feel like areas where we're from are testing grounds my grandpa in his garage not his garage in his barn he had a old agent orange barrel just sitting there how did he wow. get all of that you know like he wasn't yeah. a coal miner but they said that they was given that for pesticides to kill for their farming and everything i know this is pretty redundant between the three of us but i, I feel like we were also experimented on as children 
I spoke with somebody else from our grade school at the garage the other day, and he's like, "Yeah, totally." <laughs> so, so where where we were at in southeastern Kentucky, we all went to an elementary school that was dubbed the school of the future. Yeah, there were there were no walls. It was the school of cost cutting. No walls. <laughs> no, no walls. And when the when the school first came out, so you had students in a complete circle in the elementary school and there was one teacher and all of the students wore headphones and listened to this stuff. So when we were in school, they would come around probably once a quarter with trays with a, uh, a substance in it. And we all had to drink it. <laughs> this is some fringe. Well, there, two, there was one. There was one that we swished around, and was there one that we drank as well? Yeah, the, they had the two. They had the blue and the pink. They said they. They said they were both fluoride. I was going to ask. Yeah. One they they, they said it was to like to help your teeth or whatever, but they were baby right. teeth. Yeah. Right. Um. But you. I don't remember one that you spit out. All I remember is one that you swished and swallowed. Yeah. But everybody from that elementary school, it seems like, is either hyper intelligent or they're they've like killed themselves. Or oh they're fucking out the wall. Yeah. Um, there, that's right out of fringe. There's a lot of nefarious stuff about fluoride. Like mm-hmm. there are reports that say it does nothing for your teeth. Does nothing for your teeth. No dental use, but but has has something that can make you suggestive. Well, call me, call me a crazy person, but, but I have fluoride filters on every water source in our house now. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I used actually um, Sheffield's toothpaste. Uh, Dr. Sheffield was the inventor of toothpaste and it did not have fluoride in it. One of the, one of the um, examples of somebody that I have from that school that kind of got both, um, he scored perfect scores on every test to the point where like the military was coming down to try to get him for intelligence. He died of the flu because he refused to go to the doctor and he was a fucking outlaw. <laughs> he, was well, he did, he did a lot of drugs too. Like he was, he was addicted to a lot of drugs. And I think that the deterioration of his body and then getting something like that was just detrimental. But- but, it was so but the guy was a genius. But it was so crazy that he was so smart that, and he also went through that too. Is weird. And I've got other friends similar in similar situations. Like I got one friend that could do, he could hack into anything, and he just chooses to do heroin. You know, people with extremely high intelligence, uh, you know, they're they're probably very open to, you know, they're, they're getting these frequencies, they're getting these signals. And I think a lot of times they're just self-medicating. You know, it's hard. It's hard to have a foot in both worlds. But that school though, right? Whitley Strieber talks about going to the, to the school in Texas near the Air Force Base. Have you guys, are you familiar with Whitley Strieber's books. I can't remember in which book no. he talks about that. He didn't. We heard him on a radio he interview. In a he book, did Communion, which Christopher Walken, the movie where he's abducted by aliens in the cabin in New York. Another one is Basagio. Mm-hmm. Basagio talks about that. Have you guys heard about him? What, no. what was his first, what's his first name? Robert? Richard? No, I can't remember. It's something called, look up, this is right up your alley, I think, Project Pegasus. 
Oh, yeah, I've, I've read about Project Pegasus. Yeah, so Visaggio was one of these guys, and his father was a high-level, like, all, there's all documentation. His his dad worked for high-level things, maybe uh, the Atomic Energy Commission, that kind of thing and all. And um, Visaggio says that there were a group of children, and they were tested, and they were time travelers. And he went back to Gettysburg for the for the Lincoln speech. And Oh, yeah. But then they went to Mars and some of them were chosen, I think, including Obama and maybe Clinton. Obama were chosen beforehand to be president. Um, we, we actually talked. I talked wow. about with uh, Mike, the beyond top secret Texan. And essentially what it is, there's people that predestined to go on to be the leaders of everything. And what they do, the time travel isn't the way that we think it is. Like, they'll be sent to Mars to work for 20 years, and they got to pull their 20 years there. And then the time travel puts them back in their body as a child, and then they grow up to be something bigger. You know? Oh, whoa, that makes total wow. sense. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so, because there's a guy, I think he was a sergeant in the Army or something, and he talks about doing 20-year tours, uh, you know, on motherships out in space, part of solar wind and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's that it's crazy because it plays into what we were talking about um like just like consciousness in general earlier with you know how we may not understand everything about the mind well the, the uh, downfall that that theory too is that when they send you back to that being a child it's in a different dimension so in this one dimension where you were taken you were still taken right never came right. back like it's weird it's crazy wow well i i have we have a close colleague and he kind of you know when you do this where you get uh, life becomes interesting and i got this message from him uh text and he said do you think that people die in their sleep right perfect health do you think that they jumped dimensions for some reason well, i was like dude that's provocative as hell i would maybe that's completely possible. Maybe they're doing like a time travel or just straight up going to a different dimension. It's yeah. completely possible. Spontaneous combustion. <laughs> yeah, that's a damn weird thing that you don't like. That was the in search of thing. Anymore. You never hear about no. it anymore. No. So what the hell was that? <laughs> that was a that was a nineties 2000s thing. Yes. I think and they had all those pictures of like you know a chair that's just like in center and there's like shoes you know <laughs> you never hear about that but anymore. but but in search of with mr spock man that with leonard Nimoy, that was like the 1970s <laughs> and they did a whole episode on that that scared the crap out of me i was a little kid yeah. i was like you mean i could burst in flames just, any friggin fire. <laughs> i think what happened was people started vaping more <laughs> so smoking right yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, I have I have a combusted yet. So. <laughs> uh, I'm smoking cigarettes. I'll bust. I'll come spontaneously combust soon enough. So I have like a, a part of a question. I, I haven't fully formed it, but you, Cecil, you mentioned predestination earlier. Uh, I think you you worded it something like yeah. only a few, <laughs> only a few are predestined to lead. Yeah. Does the predestination does it play into? everyday life is there a way to upset that balance somehow i mean how does it fit into what we've been talking about thus far that plays into like the elites you know like the lizard people to worship a black mm -hmm. cube of saturn and you know the jesuits and everybody like that like it's basically you're born and they already have your future set out for you i, I will say that there are people who believe that 
Obama is a clone of Amon Ra. Yeah. Oh, I've oh, heard that. And there are people who think that, like, it, like that he's a spitting image of, because I guess they did like a, uh, or like like an estimation of what he would look like or something. Oh yeah, that technology is awesome. Where they reconstruct the skull and put the yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh so, wow. So, so that's that's like a really deep conspiracy though. Like you have to go really really deep to yeah. get there yeah <laughs> exactly. um, but it, it's stuff like that's interesting to me because i i just just me personally i i truly believe that they are cloning people and mm-hmm. doing, sure. doing weird shit with like well i mean they've admitted in the news now that they're they're doing chimeric things with like right. human animal genes yeah Right. Which is we can absolutely totally, crazy. We can totally trust them to be ethical in, in any yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. They've no, proven no. it time and time again. <laughs> yeah. Why would we question? Yeah, no, no. I have a novel called Three Gothic Doctors. That's a mashup, like a, a what's the log line? What if an ambitious circuit surgeon had the journals of uh, Jekyll Moreau and Frankenstein? And I really think that it's very applicable today. Like, I, I'm not doing Ancestry.com. Like, I don't want to be part of some genomic no. database. Right? So have you noticed since all of this has started, where did 23andMe go? Aren't you hardly uh, doing anything you, about that? You used to see commercials constantly for, for those those right. type of things. And you That's haven't a really seen, great point. Yeah. You haven't, you haven't seen anything since all this started. Yeah. No. Now and it causes a lot of strife. People find out things they don't want to know, and their families are fighting. We heard a, a story; it was bad. It almost tore a family apart when the results came. But I just, yeah, I don't. You know, it's like in social media they have these these things where, oh, what cartoon character are you? Whatever. All that is is just a, a psychological profile. It's just gathering. You know, if it's free. What do they say? If it's free, you're the product. If it's free, you're the product, right? It's That's like what they the, say in the social dilemma. It's like the the Bo Burnham song. It's it's a little bit of everything all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right on. Completely, completely. So I, I'm very distrustful of that stuff or the face up stuff. Oh, let's upload my face to a database so I can be in a Michael Jackson video. No, I don't think so. <laughs> That's you know, hilarious. And, and you yeah. know that's exactly right. We are products anymore. That's basically all we are. Our data is a new currency. It seems. I'm like. surprised they even charge us for phones anymore. Mm-hmm. That's a good like, point. Well, they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna double dip as long as they can. Yeah. I don't know. Have you guys have you guys done any of this Oculus stuff with the virtual reality? Nah, Jeremy's got an Oculus, don't you? Yeah, my my two sons got the Oculus too, and it was great to be on the the bridge of the Enterprise, and we're all doing missions together. I was a tactical officer with the photon torpedoes and all. It's cool, but my mind, you know, the way it works, I'm going. You get hooked into this thing, and who the heck, where you could be, or or or, I, you know, I did it for a while, and I was like, guys, this is fun, but it goes I don't back know. to back to Tanya's point earlier, like. I mean, we could all be in an Oculus right now. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure we are. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you all have seen the videos. I mean, just these things get so immersive, even though they're, they're not as uh, up to par graphic wise as a lot of things. But you see like the, the fail videos online of people wearing these 
they're standing on a ledge in the game and then they jump in real life and smack into a wall. If they can be that immersed just by yes. putting yeah. on some goggles, this, yeah, this could be like the high tech version of that. <laughs> it really, yeah. I believe 100% we live in a matrix. I really do. Like, I'm, I don't know. I believe well, it goes back to what you were saying. Like they, they, sh- they show all of this to us and, you know, act like it's fiction. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I tend to believe there's a little bit of truth in all of these things that they try to show us. Yeah. Yeah. So the technical term is predictive programming. Yeah. And it's, you know, it was interesting when they, when they first invented televisions, they realized that it had a pulse and that pulse could make people suggestive suggestive to products you know never mind subliminal but but the old cathode tvs would pulse at a certain rate and psychologists were watching this and so you know they talk about the boob tube and people you know just staring at the tv it was a real thing it was about brain waves and pulsing and uh right when i found that out yeah it would it would change its its light quality as you watched it on a regular pulse when that leads into mockingbird right um that was just propaganda based is uh infiltrating push up propaganda to the nations and everything and Uh, i figured out to be true in the 60s and if you bring up now to anybody like the news is lying to you they're like oh you're crazy but (laughs) Everybody figured out in the 60s during Project Mockingbird that it is 100% true. They found documents and everything. So when we figured it out, do you think they quit doing it? Oh, like- no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, all that stuff, MK Ultra and CoinIntelPro and all of that. And, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's sinister. It's sinister. like there's There's like spoof videos of like hundreds and even thousands of stations and they're all saying the exact same thing in a different way and being like, you're only going to hear it here. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like just. <laughs> it's like that movie, They Live. Is it called They Live? Where yeah. he has the glasses. <laughs> That's exactly uh, Yeah. So before we sign off, tell everybody where they can find all your stuff, if you got any merchandise and everything. Sure. So I have a website. It's tanyamedia.com. So that's T-O-N-Y-A-M-A-D-I-A, tanyamedia.com. You can find out about me there, the books uh, that Joey and I have written, the books that I've written, my services. Joey is, uh, you can find him on Twitter. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm very active, you know, on all of those kinds of things. And then on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. EST, uh, we have Into the Outer Realms, which is our show. Sometimes guests, the Red Thread Collective, where next week is episode 88. Mm-hmm. So pretty cool. Um, yeah, so. You can find us on most social media. Yeah, platforms. it's impossible not to find, find us. <laughs> if you really want to find us, you'll find us. Just ask the government. They know exactly where we are. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pull my resources. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> but um, you know where you can find us. You can find us on Twitter, bitshoot.com, anchor.fm, all major listening platforms for audio only. And if you want to be a guest, reach out to us through Twitter at wearing the folk. Everything's at wearing the folk, and you can message and you can email us at bipolar underscore teddy bear at outlook.com. And thank you for watching us because we're watching you. <laughs> <laughs>